Welcome to this episode of the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. The mission of the Greenville Oaks Church of Christ is to inspire people to follow Jesus because we are convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Find out more about Greenville Oaks or connect with us online at greenvilleoaks.org. It's a privilege and an honor for me to introduce to you our speaker for the month of July, Eddie Sharp. Uh, we, in Collins sabbatical, we're having various speakers and we've been blessed immensely. And I promise you, you are in for a blessing this morning and he'll be here all month. So, uh, if you know people that are out of town, we've got a lot of people obviously gone today for the holiday. Tell them they really missed it. All right. Eddie was, uh, raised in a preacher's family and began preaching himself, uh, in 1971. He was the preaching minister for the, the University Church of Christ in Abilene for 28 years. That's amazing. You guys think you put up with me for a long time. <clears throat> After that, he moved to Austin and preached for the University Avenue Church of Christ there for 10 years. And he and, uh, he is currently retired and lives with his wife, Annette, here in the Dallas area. In Dallas, actually the city of Dallas, right, Eddie? And he continues to help churches that are transitioning as a consulting partner with the Cyber Institute for Church Ministry at ACU. He and Annette have also been trained to work with Ruth Haley Barton, author of Sacred Hymns, and spiritual formation practice and leading churches into greater openness and the Spirit's work of transformation. And I promise you, it's not just the training. Eddie has the experience out of which he speaks and communicates God's Word. And he's been a blessing to my life and to so many others. And I know you'll be blessed today. I want to ask you to join me in prayer before Eddie speaks. Father God, thank you for the gifts that you give. And particularly the gifts that you've given to so many of us here today. And so many uh, around the country and around the world through this servant of yours. Father, thank you for the beautiful spirit of Christ we see dwelling in him and for the amazing gift of unpacking your word and making your message come alive so that it can penetrate our hearts and mold our lives into the image of Jesus. I pray that you be with him today and be with us that we might receive this word that you have prepared for us. In the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus, amen. Thank you. A whole month, huh? Whew. So, so basically, you get to decide what you do for a month this morning. Because this is one of those great churches where you can hope that people, if they don't see you, they just assume you went to the other service. <laughs> there have been people who have perfect attendance who've never been here. It's amazing. Um, it is a pleasure uh, to get to be here, I think. Um, I, I've known Adam Looney forever. What a great guy he is. And, and uh, Keith... I've known him since we met at a minister support network uh, retreat years and years ago. Um, I think he actually came to the retreat on the ark. I th- 
I think it, I think it, it landed just outside of Salado. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's good to be here. When, when I first heard from Colin, he said, I'm going to be going on a sabbatical. And would you preach in July while I'm on sabbatical? Um, and I thought, well, that, I would love to do that. I've heard about Greenville Oaks. I, I think probably there are people here who made an A in my Bible class uh, when I was teaching at ACU. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be great. And then I learned that, that actually he's going to kind of transition a bit. And so you're not just going through a sabbatical process. You're going through a sabbatical and a bit of a leaving process. And this is not uncommon right now. Lots of churches and lots of ministers are sort of in a bit of uh, upheaval right now. And I think a part of it's uh, due to the pandemic uh, and other situations. But I, I'm glad to be here to do whatever the Lord gives me to do in this place on behalf of this church. And I want you to know that I've got love and respect for you in this place because you are striving with everything that's in you to be people who are a part of the great body of Christ in the world. And so I want to ask the Lord to bless us today, to bless us as we go into his word, that we will see ourselves and see our place in the world, and that we will be encouraged as we go further in the kingdom of God. May God bless us this morning. So what are you going to do for four weeks? Miss Teresa, I haven't met her yet, but Miss Teresa was wanting to know if I had a theme for the four weeks. I love that when people assume that you know what you're going to be doing for four weeks. I, I love that, the, the, uh, the presumption. Uh, but actually, I do. And it, and it would be called, if I were going to call it something, so who are we now? So who are we now? And so this morning, I want to talk about who we are as the people of God and the body of Christ in the world. And I'm going to be in John chapter 3. And then next week, I'm going to talk about who, we, who are we at the foot of the cross. And then the next week, I'm going to talk about who are we being made into the likeness of now. And then the last one is, how do we live for the sake of others in the world? That's what I'm going to do. So at least I know there will not be a test on the first Sunday of August. So let's, um, let's preach a bit. And don't worry about how much time it takes. I can make a short amount of time seem like forever. <laughs> so don't worry, it's going to be fine. You're going to think you really went to church. The Apostle John lives a long time. He probably lives 55 or 60 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus. 
He's alive 25 or 30 years after the death of Paul and Peter. He's alive 20 or 25 years after the destruction of Jerusalem. John, the disciple whom Jesus loves, was given the responsibility to take care of Mary. As the destruction of Jerusalem was looming, the tradition is that John took Mary and went to Ephesus. That's how he can end up on the Isle of Patmos later on. He goes to, to, to Ephesus and there he lives out his life. And there he writes the Gospel of John, the good news book of John. And in it, and I think it's probably the last book written in the New Testament. In it, he has an opportunity led by the Spirit to say, looking at Jesus, how do we have faith? How do we embrace life? Who are we meant to be? And so when you open the Gospel of John, it begins with this sort of uh, philosophical uh, treatise on the Word. The Word became flesh and lived among us. No one has seen the Father, the only begotten Son, who's in the bosom of the Father has made Him known. The law came through Moses, grace and truth comes through Jesus Christ. And if you read John chapter 1, there are nine different titles of Christ in John chapter 1. Who is Jesus? And then you get chapter 2, where you have two great signs that Jesus is the Messiah. One of them, oddly enough, for churches of Christ, is turning water into wine. Many of us would have written that backwards and had Jesus going out and turning all the wine into water, but he wrote what he wrote. And then also in John 2, the cleansing of the temple. And at the end of John chapter 2, it says, Jesus didn't need anybody to tell him what was in people. He knew what was in people. And the very last line is, Jesus would not entrust himself to them for he knew all people. He did not need people's testimony about people for he knew what was in people. And then chapter three. Remember, the the chapter separations came later, but oddly enough, it kind of helps here. Jesus knows what's in people. Example number one, Nicodemus. Nicodemus is a leader of the Pharisees, a member of the Sanhedrin, the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night. you know how dark night was in the first century? You've probably got a nightlight in your bathroom that puts out more light than most people had in their houses. When you were going by night, you were going stealthily. He goes to Jesus by night and he 
says, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher who's come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you're doing if God were not with him. And Jesus, the one who knows what's in people, lets the question, lets the, the statement, lets the flattery go right over. And he goes to the heart of the matter. I tell you, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. How can a man be born when he's old? He can't enter his second time into his mother's womb to be born. I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirits. How can this be? You're Israel's teacher and you don't understand this? If you don't understand this, how will you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? Then he says, no one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. And then some think Jesus goes on to say, or some people think John now begins to write commentary on what Jesus said. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. He goes on to say, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come to the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. Those first 21 verses lay out a good description of who we are meant to be as followers of Christ, and who we are meant to be as the body of Christ. Jesus says to Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must start over. When I was a, when I was a young man, I had a little boy. His name was Trent. His name is still Trent. He's not a little boy. His balloon popped, and he brought the, the dead balloon, not an balloon, to my wife and said, fix it. And my wife, protecting my reputation, said, her reputation said, I can't fix it. He said, daddy will fix it. She ratted me out and said, Daddy can't fix it. 
And my son, who's very smart, said, he'll get me a new one. (laughs) I think Nicodemus went to Jesus with a fix-it. What's one more thing I could do to my life? What's one more place in the Old Testament? What's the 11th commandment? What, What could I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says it's not a fix it. It's a start over. It's a new one. It's a new one. And so we are the people who are called to be made new. We are the people who are a part of the body in the world that is being made new. And when you are up to your eyeballs in pandemic and everything is seeming to be the same and everything is old and there are ruts so deep, you're not sure if they're not graves. We are reminded that we are the people who are being Born again. We are the people, he says, who are of the water and the spirit. Some people think the water refers to human birth and the spirit refers to spiritual birth. Some people think that water refers to baptism, and the Spirit refers to the Spirit given to us in baptism. Knowing John as I do, the answer to which it is, is yes. Yes. Yes, we must embrace our life as we are born of the flesh, but that flesh life must be reborn in the Spirit And that flesh life that is reborn in the spirit in the early church was a life that was reborn, physically reborn in the waters of baptism, a symbol that accomplished what it symbolized. Born again, born of the spirit. And you're a people of the Spirit of God. You're a people of the Christ lifted up. Even as Moses raised the snake in the desert, so when I am lifted up, all men will look unto me. We are the people who look to Jesus. We don't have a new life because we have a new life. We have a new life because Jesus gives us new life. We are the people of the lifted Christ. And when we are Christ-centered, we are being what we should be as individuals and what we should be as a church. And we are people of the eternal life. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that who would believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. And in John, eternal can be length and eternal can be quality. Which is it? Yes, yes. Yes. I don't want to live a long time in a lousy way. 
But if we can live in the eternal goodness and presence of God, then let the eternal days roll on. And to be the people in the world who believe that they have begun a life that is indestructible and unending is a great blessing. How are you doing through the pandemic? Living forever? How are you doing through your job problems? Living forever. How are you doing at your church with your preacher going through some kind of change? Living forever. Thank you very much in the presence of God. Yes, we are born again and we are alive in the spirit of God and we are following the Christ lifted up and we are living the life eternal and we are living in the light. We're not roaches that come out and play cards in the middle of the kitchen in the dark. We're like moths who can't wait to fly across any space to get close to that yellow light shining on the back porch. We're people who love the light and live in the light. So let me tell you this morning what John is telling you this morning. As individuals and as individuals called together in Christ, We are born again. We are born of the Spirit. We are led to the Christ lifted up. We are the people of the eternal life. And we are people living in the very light of God. May the peace of God be with you. Thank you for listening to this message from the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. We hope this message helps you to inspire people to follow Jesus because you're convinced, like we are, that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Make sure to give us a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. Discover more about the Greenville Oaks Church online at greenvilleoaks.org.